When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by the Women in Revenue. Welcome to Theodora Speaks. And welcome to one of the episodes in season three. And I am excited about season three because I have some women that are going to provide us with tangible takeaways and nuggets that we can implement immediately into our lives. Today's guest is Deanna Ransom, President and Executive Director at Women in Revenue. And if you don't know about Women in Revenue, I encourage you to look it up. It is a great platform for women to strengthen their muscle, not only around their personal brands, their presence, but how they truly get a seat at the table and where equity shines. It is a great mentorship program that they offer community of cohorts of like-minded women that are driven, that persevere through good times, challenging times, and really our tribe that sticks together. And Deanna is at the helm. And not only is she the executive director and president, but she's also a gospel singer. She's writing a book and she's also a podcast host. So sit back, grab your cup of something from coffee to tea to wine Relax and enjoy this conversation. Women in Revenue lives in a world where every woman has access to a thriving, supportive community of powerful, diverse, and daring members. As a nonprofit organization, they exist to serve women in revenue-generating roles across marketing, customer success, and sales with goals of workplace equity, inclusion, and career acceleration. Women in Revenue is a transformative organization which elevates, highlights, and encourages future female leaders. Their community strives to remove barriers and power career trajectories forward. Together, they unlock new opportunities for women in revenue, generating roles through networking, education, mentorship, and many other benefits. Visit womeninrevenue.org for more information. Welcome, Deanna. It is a pleasure to have you today. I'm so excited to interview you, such a dynamic woman out there, mover and shaker, traveling, right? It's been a lot. It's that season though, right? Like, it's just like event, 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 event. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I feel like since the pandemic, when the doors opened up, it's just been go, go, go. And I don't know about you, but I'm not used to it. No, um, I am not, I'm, I'm having to relearn how to like, oh, that's right. I have to keep packing my bag. Oh, wait, where did I remember? Like, oh, do I shake people's hands? Do I not shake hands? Do I hug? Do I not hug? You know, right. elbow touch. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> just, and then I don't know about you, but I look around the room at the events and I go, did we do this before? Were there always this many people? Especially after, you know, we, you've been gone and everything. So first of all, there were people who walked up to me and they're like, Deanna. And I kind of had to do this. Yes. Matter. Right. Cause I only, I'm only used to seeing this much of them. Right. And so it was like, yes, Madison, right. Or whoever they are. It, it was hilarious. Yes. Um, and great to see whole people I had to remember how to put an entire outfit on not just I was like oh wait I need like the real shoes yes yes and the outfit not just uh some people that wore sweatpants and a nice blouse or blazer on top right during the pandemic and 
for the, our listeners, you were giving us the square of the conference, right? Whether it be Teams, Zoom, et cetera. But that's all we've known is squares, like the Brady Bunch. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So you and I met, and you are the president and executive director at the Women in Revenue. So tell us a little bit about the Women in Revenue. It's an organization with a mission that I'm super passionate about. Uh, Women in Revenue now is very close to 7,000 members, which is super exciting. And we have a mission of achieving 100% equity and inclusion for women in revenue generating roles. So that's women who are marketing, sales, customer success, and other revenue creation adjacent roles. Uh, In that mission, we come together and we provide three to four core programs, mentorship, speakers bureau, and equity resource programming. We also have an allyship component, right? Because we're not going to be able to achieve such an audacious goal without our allies across the aisle, helping us, amplifying our voices and walking us into doors that, you know, rooms we otherwise maybe wouldn't have access to. Which is critical to our career development. It is um, supremely critical. We just had a whole panel on that um, last, well, this week, the other day. And it is essential that we begin to take action. And I'll tell you, part of my visionary rally cry for shifting the dynamic of the conversation is that diversity, equity, and inclusion, which includes both the gender component along with all of the other elements, is not just a DEI challenge. It is a business challenge. And it is also something that should be picked up as part of corporate social responsibility. That needs to be shouted from the mountaintops. Yes, the executives need to roll up their sleeves. DEI just doesn't need to be of a person of color managing it. It doesn't need to be a female, right? And in my personal opinion, they should be compensated for taking on that additional task. It has to be. If it isn't compensated, it isn't real. It's like anything else. If it's not measured, it's also not real. It needs to have measurable KPIs associated with it. It needs to be budgeted and it doesn't need to be a separate, isolated conversation from the business. It literally is at the crux of what I am calling mission-driven business, right? Mm -hmm. It literally is proven in the data that companies that have more diversity outperform their peers that do not have diversity in the leadership ranks. Um, You're able to create this more inclusive environment, which allows organizations who reshape their space to be able to not just bring in diverse talent, but to create an environment where they are included and heard, which increases over their performance and the company's performance, right? So it is a gift that keeps on giving. And from my chair, I wholly believe that it has to be corporate social responsibility because corporates must own their part in taking care of their people and the legacy effect that that has even outside of their own doors. Yes. And what you just said, Deanna, spans across all industries, all companies, every single one of those organizations struggle with talent acquisition, acquisition, retention, and growth. And if you have a good culture, your profitability is going to increase and the right people are going to be in the right positions and stay. 100%. I mean, it's not just attracting talent and getting diverse talent in because it's like putting a square peg in a round hole. Mm -hmm. If you don't reshape that space, if you, you know, if you try to bring someone in and then attempt to force them to fit within the confines of what already exists, you're not benefiting from the innovation or from the new perspectives that different people will bring to the table when they're not being forced to conform to a particular way. And so it is essential that for the business to benefit, 
everyone, and I do mean everyone, has to do their part to evolve and to grow and to remove the barriers. But that then also unlocks performance. It unlocks retention and it unlocks growth. You just mentioned, we were talking about conferences, but you just got back from Dreamforce out in San Francisco and you wrote a great article around the ships. And you're not talking about ships passing in the night and ports, right? Delivering all the supply chain that we've been waiting for for so long. You're talking about allyship, sponsorship, mentorship, and why that collaboration is critical not only to individual roles and contributions, mm-hmm. individual contributors, but to executives and companies as a whole. It is supremely important. And I, I am super passionate about the ships, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> super passionate because my, my firmly entrenched belief is that anything that ends in ship is supposed to have this mutual, beneficial, virtuous circle connected to it. Both parties are supposed to benefit, whether it's friendship, partnership, relationship, allyship, there's a give and a take that causes all of those on that vessel, the -hmm. ship, to grow, right? And to learn and to be better and get better, have better, do better. And so allyship and mentorship at Dreamforce, I'm really excited because we were able to work with our sponsor demand base uh, and through partnership with them and uh, even like PFL, we were able to come together at the San Francisco MoMA, it was a gorgeous venue by the way, to have this important conversation around mentorship and allyship and how these two ships work together to both grow and accelerate people and careers. And if you think about mentorship and finding the right one-to-one relationship that can give you guidance and how to navigate things that perhaps you've maybe not seen before, or you can get some additional perspective. I tend to think about it as mentorship is the guidance to navigate and allyship is the partnership to give you access and that removes barriers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's, that that is so beneficial for particularly for women and for other marginalized communities because we need that in order to be able to accelerate. A mentor can give you that much needed guidance, that insight, that perspective, and help you see things from an angle that perhaps you don't, you know, have yourself, but then an ally can stand up for you, even in rooms you're not in. Mm-hmm. I, right. And, and that's I like important. really important. And I liken that to the sponsorships, having sponsors that like you mentioned, can talk about you positively behind closed doors in conversations that can move your career up the ladder. And a lot of people still don't know what allyship is. A lot of people think that means a relationship between men and women in the business world. Mm. So can you define it in your words? Uh, An ally from my chair is someone who will use their power, their privilege, their voice, and their influence for marginalized and other underrepresented groups, period. They will not let things be spoken that are negative. They will stand up and amplify the needs of those groups. They will do the work of learning to better understand how to connect so that they can better support those groups. So there's a learning component and it is done with great intention. And I always go back to intentionality. Mm -hmm. And there's an intentional component there that every ally needs to have to educate themselves, to um, connect with so that they can speak up for. And they have this 
this power, this privilege, and they're wielding it for good and to uplift others, which is a legacy effect for them. It's always got to be this, this mutual circle of giving and taking. And I see it that way. I've had folks be an ally for me. I've had sponsors. I've had mentors. And without those relationships, I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you. And dare I add coaches, because you and I both coach as well. Because so many women, in my experience, have sat back and said, oh, I'm a woman in tech. It took X, Y, and Z to get here. Let's see what you got. Versus let me be your ally and help be your guiding light if you're qualified and you have that drive and bring up behind you because that legacy and that uplift is so, so critical in closing the gender gap, but also just being a decent human being in life, right? And giving back. It, it is supremely important. And you bring up like the wage gap and yesterday was, you know, Black women's equal payday, yes. right? And, you know, that affects me directly, right? So I, I think about these things deeply. And then to your point, when you think about women that are sitting in these chairs who are like, show me what you've got. Um, I think about the burden of what it took for them to go through that. And I look at it differently. I look at it from the space of, you had to suffer because of barriers that were in your way that shouldn't have been there for you either. Like, let's be, let's, let's call it plainly. Those things shouldn't have been there for you, nor should they continue to be there for those who would come after you. And so it is a wrong, full stop period. It's a wrong that needs to be made right. And the minute we move from limited thinking that says, well, I had to do this. And so what are you going to do? When we can get beyond this limited thinking to a place that says, I've been able to get here. Now, how in the world do I make sure not only do more women get here, but how do I make sure they get here with less pain so that they can do even more? Because there's a burden and there's a lot of abuse and hits that you take, right? I can speak to that because I have some of those scars, paper cuts, whatever you want to call them. How do I, how do I make sure that women can get there with less glass in their hair? and less cuts all over the place so that they can take the ball even further. I'm committed to making lasting change and making the difference. And I've had to let go of limited thinking of me versus another woman, mm -hmm. right? We have to operate. If we want allies to come alongside us, we must first be there for one another. It's that simple. You meant to that. And you talk about barriers and the Women in Revenue's mission is to knock down barriers. And so whatever's going on in this world, the great reset, I like to call it the great reinvention. Nearly half of women executives in revenue roles are considering leaving their companies. So how is the Women in Revenue organization helping break down that barrier? We're doing this in a few different ways. So I mentioned our core programs earlier, and I'll talk about the thought leadership component in a moment, right? So from a programmatic perspective for the members of our community, we have free mentorship. I'm gonna say that one more time. If you are a professional member of Women in Revenue, you have access to free mentorship. We do this so that you are not alone. You can get the insights, the guidance, the networking and the support you need to navigate this thing. The other element that we make sure that a woman has access to is the ability to have the right, um, 
I call it their voice amplified and their personal brand, right? Because we all know how important that is in continuing to um, excel in your career. And so through our speakers bureau, we don't just place people so that they can speak. You know this, Gail. We train, we prepare women. Gail's one of our trainers. I'm throwing that out there. She's she's helping us. <laughs> we we actually help women make sure that their skills and credibility and their ability to own the room and the presentation is in place. So we do speaker training. We have our own platforms to make sure that they're continuing to elevate their presence and have their thoughts and voices heard and amplified. Then we also offer the traditional element of third-party placement, but we don't stop there. We also, through our with our sponsors and for our members, we offer equity resource programming. And there's many topics under each pillar, but there's three core pillars. There's gender-focused, women-focused topics. There is diversity, equity, and inclusion as a pillar. And then there is allyship as a pillar. We're able to go in with our sponsors and with those corporates who want to bring us in to help them through our thought leadership and through the programs and the content that we have to be able to help them have either a difficult conversations or program programmatic content that helps them reshape the space of their culture. It starts with you know, having these conversations, we have curated topics that they can select from and we come in and we facilitate the conversation with a credentialed leader to come in and help guide them. We come alongside their ERG if they have one, or we can act in the place of an ERG if they do not have one. And they get this benefit, the, the women in the organization and other underrepresented groups benefit by the company taking this learning journey together, right? And we also train and certify our women in the content and the topics who join the ERP program as ambassadors. So here's another certification credential piece that they have so that whether they go in and run one of our curated topics, or they now have skills and understanding of how, even from their own chair, to start to help reshape things where they are. So those are some of the ways that we're doing it. And I'm just fascinated by the women in revenue and the that they're strengthening in women and uplifting them, elevating them to these organizations. Because a lot of the organizations, like you mentioned, you fill that gap. There's that gap that it doesn't exist today. What's the first two things to go when budgets are tight? Marketing and training. And it's so important. So, you know, on the heels of, of, of raising awareness to Black equity, how are you helping? Because you're up-leveling up these women, right? And giving them the skills. Now, how can we match that pay so it's complementary? You know... I will tell you this, we, one of our curated topics is value versus worth, right? We do have another of the topics underneath of that, which is negotiating your worth. But one of the other things that I think is really important because one of the things I began to see coming in is it's great to educate and empower the women to go and do this work and to own their space and voice and to have the tools in their arsenal, to be able to go and have these tough conversations, that is an absolute must, but that is only one piece of the puzzle. This is where equity resource programming becomes critical because if you have an army of empowered women going into an unyielding, unchanging system, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Ah. You get glass in your hair, ouch, right? And cuts, right? And that glass I'm talking about is the glass ceiling. You're just like, you got women pounding on it and pounding on it 
but it's root force instead of working with through equity resource programming now we're coming into the corporate and helping them recognize you have these barriers in place you have this ceiling you have these challenges let us help you dismantle those that way now we are building a bridge between the empowered women and the innovative recreated space of a forward thinking culture that's wonderful and i'm picturing women with broken glass and oh. this is a great individual for band-aid to come sponsor this conversation but the, the image that i just got diana is merino glass in italy right mm. why don't we take that glass ceiling curve it form it and go through those tunnels and beautiful moments together. Let's create. Uh, and you know what's interesting, Gail, is I am literally hoping by December I've been working on my book. Um, I was really fortunate um, to sign the book deal a couple of months ago, and I've been very quietly working on it. And it's called Resetting the Table. So, how this is how we start to reshape the space, reshape the conversation, the spaces that we're op many of us are operating in were created for a particular group. That's just the way that it was. And, you know, now the thing is we're not there anymore. So it's not bringing more diverse people into a space that was not created for them. It's how do we reshape the space so that we can all benefit by being together in a space that is designed with intention to unlock the full potential, to unlock the full connection, the full innovation, the full performance and the full outcomes that come from us being in that kind of a space. And, and this is where um, my research and my work has really come into play, which is it's, it's a, they work together like gears. Mm -hmm. Let's empower the women and let's support the corporates in reshaping the space so that we can all benefit. We're all on this journey together. And so let's take it together and recognize how we work together in order to get to that outcome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of journeys together, congratulations on your book. Thank you. Thank you. I am really excited as I've been kind of just going through um, the reflection and, and the research to make sure that we really can view this as I always use the metaphor of sitting down and having a meal, but we don't all have the same customs. So how do we make a table that honors and benefits from the diversity that sits around it mm -hmm. in a way that is inclusive and creates belonging for those at the table, but also is not kumbaya only, it does allow for the growth and the revenue and the benefits that we need in the corporate space while honoring the people in the space. Mm -hmm. And there's so much deliciousness that's complimentary and everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to belong. You just use the deliciousness. You're at my table. Come on, Gail. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I can't wait to read your book. And I'm a recently published author, as I shared with yes, you. Yes, I know. And it took me, I don't know how many, two years. I don't know how many years it took you, but it's its an undertaking. It, it is an undertaking. It is one where I had to, I had a great conversation with someone while I was at Dreamforce and um Gretchen Deneker and she is she's a powerhouse to be sure and I love love her perspective of being unleashed and 
unbothered. Mm. It took a very long time for me to get to this place of freedom where I could be unleashed and unbothered so that I could use my voice so that I could speak these truths and really start to bring together the experiences and the learnings of being a black woman in tech over 20 years from sales to CMO and all of the the things acquired along that journey right and even outside of that i have other learnings because even outside of tech right there were other there's other things that i've done that have also um they've served me right because they these creative things served well so it took a moment but it is an undertaking but i'm ready for it yes yes that's awesome and i think i mentioned to you my book is called full steam ahead and it's mm-hmm. women in steam science technology and so on and for tech my woman is black by design and so this is, more you told me i've seen it if you haven't read gail's book listeners please go get it um i am excited that you did that because it is a journey and a story that is, and that is very very unique um, and for me, it was one step removed because a lot of times folk, folks think tech and they think, you know, code and engineer. And, and for me, it was on the business side of things, right? So that was its own unique little animal uh, in and of itself. Yes. And you and I being tech sales, right? Is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. That's what I was too. So I, I can't fix a broken computer, but I sure. Yeah. But I can sell you a new one. <laughs> you can get it, right? So speaking of powerhouse and turning the conversation back to you, I think that of you, that's how I would describe you is powerhouse. And you said you're unleashed, you're using your voice and that voice has been heard on BET, Cornerstone Television, but you also are a singer. Yes. Oh, you've done your work. You've done your homework. Yes. Um, I, as part of this work, I think that there's many ways to use your voice, right? And for me, uh, yes, I'm a recording artist. I wrote the majority of my music. So I'm a published writer and I have my own publishing company. And I have been very fortunate to be able to be on major international (laughs) platforms, right? Like uh, CBS, and BET and, and more. And so in that capacity, I think it has helped serve my leadership skills, right? Because when you stand on international stages and need to be able to own that space, right? You, you better delve into another level of presence, (laughs) right? Be able to communicate through your voice, right? And be understood and heard and 100%. I mean, and you're talking about needing to be able to have effective connection, right? With millions of people at once, right? To really be able to um, go beyond just the surface so that they can really, because music is like this heart connection, right? So it can move you. And so music is a heart connection. And so in order to do that, you kind of have to be able to open your heart to kind of come from that place to connect to the hearts of others. And so that is very true. It has served me in business leadership because I have learned to balance analytics, head and heart in my leadership style. And balance is not 50-50. I'm not even going to try to answer. I'm like, no, not at all. It is not 50-50. And, you know, being able to fluidly be able to pivot, to lead with empathy, but not just from the 
raw place of emotion, but to harness it for good so that you can put yourselves, put yourself in the place of your teams and in the place of your partners, but also be able to balance that by the data and the sometimes very difficult decisions that leaders have to make. And I do not wanna belittle that. Sometimes leaders have to make supremely difficult decisions and they do not feel good, but they are responsible for making those decisions. There's some tough decisions that have to be made. You lead with authenticity and on your website, your singing website, where I think your genre that you lead with is jazz, right? To get to the heads and the hearts, the minds and the hearts. Yes, I I do gospel and jazz and R&B. That is correct. Very, very cool. You're the second gospel singer I've interviewed. Really? Who's the first? Carla Harris. So she's my I fangirl, honestly. (laughs) I fangirl over Carla Harris. I hope she hears this so she can hear that I fangirl over her. Um, She is amazing and um, has been a visual mentor to me coming out of the corner and allowing myself to own music as a part of myself and business instead of trying to keep it separate which was what I was always trying to do and she she showed you how you bring it together she she definitely shows you how you could bring it together and how you can use those elements right to serve you in every facet and it really helped because instead of trying to put these partitions up and to bifurcate my life I was able to bring it back together and recognize that oh no all of these elements are the whole of who I am and they are meant to work together so that I can lead and serve through a place of wholeness. Yeah, she's something special. And her Carla's Pearls of Wisdom and the whole mentorship and sponsorship. Oh my gosh, yes. I wish I met her in my 20s, you know, right out of college. She would have been a real pearl for me. Oh, a super pearl. And I just, again, she is one of the voices and the images that inspires me to be able to kind of keep marching forward. And I'll be sure to share this episode with her. Please. Oh my gosh. Now I'm really thinking. And she has a new book coming out. Speaking of books, right? So she joins us. I think this is her second or third. I don't know, but uh, yeah, not only check out Deanna's book, but Carla's book. And so going back to your website, the quote stood out to me. Deanna was authenticity is powerful and beautiful. The reflection of God's creation. Yeah. I, um, I believe strongly that we all have this inherent light and beauty that is a part of us. Now we don't all tap into it. (laughs) We don't all use it, but we all have it. When you are willing to reflect an authentic, not um, a manufactured or, you know, sometimes folks want to uh, monkey and tinker with who you are and, and it feels inauthentic. It feels like you're trying to put on a suit that doesn't fit. Um, but when you do that, when you reflect that light and when you own your flaws, right? I think sometimes folks try to operate from a place of, of perfectionism, and I've learned that, and I, I, another metaphor of mine is that of diamonds, right? Diamonds have flaws that does not take away from their beauty and their brilliance and their value when they are shaped and when they are, when the flaws have been, you know, massaged in a way that it causes it to just be the, a beautiful piece of the diamond itself. And when we start to think like pressure takes a lump of coal and turns it into something that can be absolutely invaluable, that is what I call authenticity. 
that is beautiful and is the reflection of God. We're flawed, but through what we learn can be shaped into something that is invaluable, that reflects this light and has an impact on everyone we come into contact with. And the way you just described it, I want to say being flawless is, or being having flaws, not flawless, but having flaws is gorgeous. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, if, if you think you have no flaws, I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Because we all have them, right? And how do we learn from them, grow from them? It makes us unique, just like snowflakes, just like diamonds. So going 100%. A hundred percent. And, you know, when we, when we own that, it takes, it starts to diminish imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome comes from this place of not feeling worthy. And you're allowing the shadow of your, your perceived flaws to cause you to try to operate in an inauthentic way to act as if they're not there. But I believe when we can embrace the fact, no, I have my flaws and I have my weaknesses. I'm aware of them. I own them. And I'm potentially taking steps and actions to mitigate them. But by no means am I perfect. But that does not take away from the inherent value of who I am, of what I have, of what I know, and how I can move. Because you and I shared a conversation prior to this one about failing forward and being married and a mother of three and your husband in a coma and how you persevered. So how did you persevere, dare I say, during a darker time in your life? Well, one of the things I would say to start off to anyone listening, because dark times can hit everyone at any time. And so if you're experiencing one of those, you're not alone. I just want to start from that premise. Um, For me, again, woman in tech, my husband was in a coma for 33 days. Uh, My children were much younger at that time. I will share the added um, potential burden of it was a different time. And so now in a, we have more of a uh, bring your whole self to work and empathy. That was not That was not the way of the world at that time. So there was a tremendous added pressure of how do I show up as if nothing's wrong? I can't lose my job. I, I, you know, I still need to perform even though my world is crashing. My kids are, you know, reeling. And the one person I didn't even have time to think about was me because I felt like I needed to be there for everyone else. And I needed to keep the balls in the air. I needed to work, I needed to. And so how did I do it? I would love to give you this really amazing answer that says, well, I use the five steps of, I don't know how I did it. There is a piece of me that stepped into, you gotta get it done. Don't think about how you're going to do it. Stay in motion and get it done. And so is that how I would recommend others do it? No, no, not necessarily. I'm telling you what I did. Um, there There was some space where I did take a step back and kind of go, I need to go and get some tools so that I can now take care of me. But that was after the fact. And I took it one day at a time, one bite at a time. And I leaned into an old proverb. Let's get it because an elephant is best eaten one bite at a time. So each day was a bite. And I took each day, one day at a time. And that was how I navigated that moment. And I had some support. And the one thing that I would say if I were going to share a flaw would be, I wished I had leaned on my support a little more during that time because maybe I could have recovered faster. It takes a village. And if you are not reaching out and asking for that help, 
do that faster. You just gave away a golden nugget, you know, not biting everything off at once. It's one bite at a time. It's one step at a time, whether it's a calculated risk, getting through a hard time, going towards something wonderful. It just doesn't happen overnight, right? It takes calculation, time, perseverance. So my word became resilience. It, it became resilience. Now, I want to make sure that I caveat that word. I don't want you to think that you're just supposed to be like enduring everything with this. Oh, I'm going to, I'm resilient because that's how you, you will burn out. I, I promise you, you will burn out. Um, but I do believe that we go through life and I look at life as having various seasons. Some seasons are longer than others. Some seasons are shorter than others. Some seasons are tough. And I looked at that as a really tough season. And I am a firm believer that you can go through something and I don't want to pitch a tent in the middle of the dark place. My goal is to stay in motion so that I can get to the other side of the dark place. So here's what I would say, stay in motion. And if you don't know the right motions to take, stay in communication because others can help you with what motions you can be taken. And they may not be big ones. You may not be running marathons. You may not be, you know, taking yoga for two hours a day. It may be something as simple as go get in the sun, take a walk, 15 minutes, clear your mind so that you have enough bandwidth to finish the next task that is before you. Take it in bites, take it in iterations, but get through it and don't get stuck there. Don't stay in the dark place, move through the dark place. And reach for your lifelines. 100%, 100%. There are people that maybe you are not seeing that are there for you, willing to help you that, you know, and some of them may be strangers. They may not be the people you think, but I do believe that if we embrace being in a place where I need help, if you can just acknowledge that, and sometimes that's, that's the hardest thing, but if you can just acknowledge, I, I need some help. I think that you'll start to see areas and people that would be willing to give you maybe the help you need for that moment. And then maybe more help will come for the next. Mm-hmm. And before we wrap here, you talked about seasons and I, I liken life just like that. You know, long ago, I thought life was a linear line, but there's these seasons of life, just like there's seasons of, of weather. And what you were talking about taking, you know, one bite at a time, one step at a time. I look at the change of seasons and what do you wear in those in-between days, right? Yesterday was the first day of fall. Do you wear boots? Can you still wear the white pants and the sandals? (laughs) No. And what I reached out for my lifeline. I asked some friends what they were wearing to the event that I went to last night. I looked at the weather on my phone. I watched the weather on TV, looked in my closet, right? One hundred percent. I mean, that's the beauty of, I'm going to use that word again. That's the beauty of the ships, right? Some of those ships will give you guidance, inspiration. What what should I wear? Is it cold? Is it hot? You might end up with boots and shorts. I mean, (laughs) because the season can be a confusing season, but always maintain the perspective that this is a season. And as long as I don't pitch a tent in the desert, I won't go thirsty. Keep moving forward. You will make amazing decisions. You will make bad decisions. Why? Because we're human. (laughs) But keep learning from the decisions and keep moving forward. And with the seasons of life, sometimes it'll rain right? Sometimes it's beautiful sunshine. Take them all with gratitude 
and motion. Well, on that note, I want to thank you for being with us today, Deanna. There were so many great nuggets that you provided that are immediate, tangible, that everyone can implement into their lives. So thank you for all you do for the women in revenue, all of us women out there. Keep rocking. Gail, I adore you. Thank you so, so much for having me. And um, to everyone listening, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. A special thank you to Deanna Ransom for sharing a great conversation with us today. Shout out to New Voice Studios for producing this ad and to you, my valued listener. The three key takeaways that I took from today's conversation with Deanna are, number one, grief hits everyone. It's a common denominator where everyone goes through it at some point in their life. And listen, I, you know, when Deanna talked about the synergies between an elephant and resilience, I just thought that was amazing because I would never think about elephants and resilience being in the same sentence. The second takeaway were the ships and not the Titanic or the Mayflower, but all about navigating and working together through mentorship and allyship. And when you have those two beautiful ships working in alignment as you progress in your career, partnerships naturally become there. Relationships that are authentic grow and nurture and you get more sponsorship in the value of you as you climb the corporate ladder. And lastly, getting through the glass ceiling is not about brutal force, but it, and it's not about combing the glass out of your hair. I just thought that that was a beautiful part of the conversation and how I thought about the Merino, Murano glass. I'll do that again. And how I thought about the Murano glass and how the glass ceiling should really twist and turn and have windy roads that we all go through together if we want diversity, equity, and inclusion in our world. I encourage you to visit gailkeller.org for more information and to purchase my book, Full Steam Ahead, Triumphant Tales for Working Women to Overcome Adversity, Fear, and Self-Doubt. This book I spent two years writing, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. It illuminates common issues that women face in the workplace, such as lack of confidence, the competition from fellow colleagues, workplace bullying, sexual harassment, and mental health issues. In this book, you follow the five professional women who are of five ethnicities, and I recognize them all as Theodoras, who are intelligent, strong, and successful as they face their own challenges with careers in STEAM and learn how each of their own beliefs and self-worth and that path forward is to empower themselves to address their own challenges head on. Thank you and stay courageous. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.